Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you seen God's promises come true in spite of the people surrounding the situation? Pastor Jim reminds you today that God is omnipotent and no human action can stop him from fulfilling his promises to his children. Leah felt like she was unloved and unwanted, but God used her line of descendants to bring the Messiah into the world. Just like Leah, God can take your poor circumstances now and turn them into something beautiful, even if it doesn't happen in your lifetime. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Genesis chapter 29 as he continues his message, God's faithfulness in the midst of a messy world. Verse 2, Jacob continues with his insensitive lack of leadership, and he just goes along with the plan. Like she's dragging him along by his nose, right? You know, come on, go sleep with these girls. Okay, if I have to, right? <laughs> what a bozo. <laughs> this goes under the heading, and let's go back to that culture. Just because it's legal does not mean that God is okay with it. We have that? Just because it's legal does not mean that God is okay with it. What is it? It's a shortcut. Remember, we've been talking that as we go all along. The other guy's got a shortcut to bring havoc into families, into people's lives, and beware of the shortcuts. Verse 9, the rivalry continues. What's happening? Well, her sister's gaining on her. When Leah saw that she had stopped bearing or having children, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob as wife. That's four women. And that was the first season of the reality show, Sister Wives. <laughs> Have you ever seen that show? I'm like yelling at the TV, just leave, just leave. <laughs> and Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, a troop comes. What good for, another version says, what good fortune? So she named his name Gad. I want to be like Egad. That, and that name means fortunate or lucky. And Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a second son, of course. Now he's up to eight sons. Then Leah said, I am happy for the daughters will call me blessed, which means happy, so she called his name Asher. Um, not much to comment on here. Uh, pretty lame, except Leah says this, for the daughters, and talking about the people who are alive then, will call me blessed. Does that sound familiar to you at all? Centuries later, Mary, the mother of Jesus, will say this when the angel tells her about the son she will have, and he will save his people from their sins. He told Joseph, Luke 148, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, for behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. Not the people just living at this time, all generations. That's why we call her the blessed mother. Well, that's the end of the story. Now, verse 14, now Reuben 
went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field. What, you're like, what in the world is a mandrake? That's a plant thought to increase sexual desire and fertility. No, God doesn't say it does, but that's what they think. And brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. Well, at least they're talking now, right? But she, Leah, said to her, she's annoyed. She's like, is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Well, he was supposed to marry her, but I know you're upset. So perhaps, and I suspect what's going on, that he's like Leah's the, the live-in wife, and the others are just visitors, if you know what I mean. Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, you think she would go, no, you stole them from me. No, she doesn't say that. She says, therefore, he will lie with you tonight. You can have them. For your son's mandrakes. Now, isn't this really interesting? You're like, would he do that for something that? I'm like, that's like cheesy. Well, he got his brother to give him his birthright for a bowl of stew. Verse 16, when Jacob came out of the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, you must come in to me for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night. All right, now let's just hold on a minute here. She has to pay to have sex with her own husband. All right. Ladies, if that ever happens to you, married ladies, you tell your husband to come talk to me. <laughs> okay? Right? Because we'll take care of that right away. Verse 17. And God listened to Leah. You know, God has a soft spot in his heart for her. We're going to talk about that in a bit. And she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Finally, the Bible makes a statement in this text that we can agree with. (laughs) Leah said, God has given me my wages because I have given my maid to my husband. That's bad theology. That's not true. So she called his name Issachar, which means reward. Then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. And Leah said, God has endowed me with good endowment. Now my husband will dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. Do you think that's going to happen? Well, you have no confidence in Jacob, do you? So she called his name Zebulun, that means honored. After which she bore a daughter and called her name Dinah, finally a girl. Man, maybe they'll get something going on in this family. <laughs> By the way, that was three more kids without mandrakes. Just, just, just making sure we're clear on the mandrakes. Some of you want to be like, you're, you're already thinking, Google mandrakes on Amazon. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to buy them, I got a bridge to sell you too. <laughs> then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her. Finally, a mention of her praying. I haven't heard anything about that. And opened her womb, and she conceived and bore a son. This is not the one she's going to die with. And said, God has taken away my reproach or my disgrace. So she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. This is one ugly text, 
This is, uh, this is what happens when people, you give them a Bible, right? And like most people, it's only Christians who pop all over the Bible. You know, like, that's why we go line by line, because what, what, I mean, a lot of people read the Bible. Okay, turn to page 151. Now 489. Now back to 434. Now ahead to 933. And then they're just picking verses out to make a case. So that's why we go line by line. Some of you are like tonight, like, I wish we didn't go line by line. And, and so, but there's some really amazing things here. Twice we just read that God listened to them. Remember that next time you sing Amazing Grace. Don't go through the motions. That's Amazing Grace. No matter all that's going on, it says that God listened to them. They're taking shortcuts with maids. They're selling mandrakes. They're exhibiting no faith at all. And what happens? God hears their prayers. I think a better way to put it is that God heard the pleas of their aching hearts. God heard the pleas of their aching hearts. And I don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful to God in any manner at all. If you know me, you know I'm, I love him. I know he loves me, but I'm terrified of him. Okay? But I've come to learn that God sometimes can be a softy. That sometimes he's just like, you know what? I really don't want to watch this, and I'm going to fix this situation. And some people might like that idea. Some people might not. You know, I think it's a wonderful thing. Some people, when it comes to prayer, some people are arrogant about the way they know how to pray or the way they think they know how to pray. But it's very interesting in the Bible. The Lord answers some really strange prayers. I'm amazed what he does with prayers of desperation. I mean, you watch those people come to Jesus. They're not all, you know, casual about it. They're, they're begging him, begging him, you know, please come or, or just say the word, just, just do something. So he, he is so responsive to prayers of desperation. He is often responsive to prayers that make almost no sense at all. Like, do you ever pray a prayer and you realize, like, that didn't make any sense at all? And God is responsive to it. God is responsive when we pray like a child because we are his children. God is responsive often to prayers when your heart is just completely broken. I was at this point yesterday morning, and I just looked out my window, and I just started to cry about something, and, and just like, God, this is just breaking my heart. And whether he answers it or not, I don't know, but let me tell you something. It felt really good to get it off my chest and into his heart. And it's not like he doesn't know. Romans 8, 26 says this, for, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, or we don't know how to pray as we should. I know everybody thinks they know exactly how to pray. God's like, no, you don't. You don't. Personally, I don't, I don't count on my prayers being 100% perfect. I really don't. 
I don't count on my life being totally right. I mean, that doesn't mean I don't try to live for God, but I don't count on that. You know what I count on more than anything else? My Heavenly Father's love for me. That's what I count on more than anything else because that's the most important thing. These people live like sinners. They prayed sporadically. And as of now, they have 11 sons. One more to go and you've got your 12 tribes. Why? Because God promised Jacob, I am going to build a people. I am going to build a nation. Now, I didn't catch one whiff of the fact in this passage that God is okay with multiple wives. As a matter of fact, this seems to be causing more trouble than anything else. But here's the reality. Sin bows to the promises of God. No matter what anybody in this world does, what God says will come to pass will come to pass. Your sin, the government's sin, world leaders' sin will not bow to the promises of God. That's because God remains faithful to his promises despite his messy people. And if you don't believe it, we see it right here. Now, I don't think I can end without going back to the very end of chapter 31, which I cut off because I couldn't get to it. Let's go back to chapter 29 and look at verse 31. When Leah saw that she was unloved, again, some verses say neglected or hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Now, I wanted to do this last week, but then this Sunday, I happened to make this statement, and a number of you commented to me on it, and some of you emailed me. When I said this, is the church ready for revival? And, and I got to be honest with you, I don't think it is. And I'm, and I'm going to actually use this passage maybe to show some of you why I think it's not ready. I think this passage gives us a big clue into people, into people. Leah was unloved. So her first three boys are named Reuben, which means see me. Simeon was named, his name means listen to me. Levi's name means attached or will he ever love me? And as I go out and meet people, I, I, it seems to me to describe so many people, particularly so many younger people that, that live in a lot of isolation or their parents are just too busy for them or, or they're finding it harder to make friends or they're suffering from just tremendous amounts of anxiety. And, and, and you can... You can, if, you're, if you're listening, you can hear them saying it, even though they're not saying it. Who will see me? Who will hear me? And who will love me? And until we are ready, the church in America is ready to get out of our own skin and get out of always caring about us 
and what's what we have and what we don't have and stuff like that, then we're not going to be those people. In verse 31, we just read that said that she was unloved. So she has her first son, Reuben. She, in, in verse 32, she names him Reuben, see me. She says, well, now my husband will love me. But he doesn't. But he doesn't. It's not good enough. She doesn't measure up. So then she has two more boys, and yet she can't get his attention. She, she, she cannot get this guy to love her. Oh, he'll, he'll sleep with her. He'll make babies with her. But, but he doesn't love her. It's almost like he thinks she's doing her a favor. You see, the problem is this. She wanted God to give her a son so she could be loved by Jacob when it was God who loved her all along. She had her identity. She had her goal. She had what she wanted totally in the wrong place. And you may think I'm a kook and a nut job, but I believe with all of my heart that that our country is living in the midst of that right now. That people feel they are that they, there's no value, so they got to they 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 got to find value in something. They got to make stuff up about themselves on social media, or they got to make everybody think that everything is fine. We drop down to verse 35, and she says, And she, Leah, conceived again and bore a son. This was her fourth son. And then said, Now I will praise the Lord. So she's turned a corner. She's going to turn back to not so good again. But right now she's turned a corner. And she realizes that I'm not going to win this guy's love. But I'm going to praise the Lord. Therefore she, named, she called his name Judah. That name means praise, and then she stopped bearing. So Rachel, her other sister, the one that Jacob really loved, she was gorgeous. She was drop-dead gorgeous. Leah was the sister who always felt unseen, unheard, unloved, I mean, ask yourself, and I may be talking to you, how many people feel this way? So many people feel this way. And if you don't, you're not catching it. I'm just going to, I don't mean, you're not listening. You're not listening to people. How many people look in the mirror and absolutely hate what they see? And they got to run off to some doctor and say, you got to change it. How many people just hate what's going on inside of them? And they're like, give me some pill to change it. Give me something to change it. Give me something to end the pain, to end the suffering. I, I, I can't stand myself. How many people look in the mirror and just think that they are just completely worthless and stupid, and the world wouldn't even miss them if they were gone. Leah is miserable. 
a couple of weeks ago, I'm listening, I'm in, you know, it's funny, the music that you hear now is like, I know all this, it's from so many years ago. I'm hearing this stupid country song. I forget where I even was. And I'm like, I'm singing along with it. I'm like, I hate this song. What am I singing along with it for? And they're, and, the, and they're singing. Some of you, you're going to go home with it now. This old country song. Remember, look, if you're old, you know this one. I think it was from Saturday Night Fever. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many faces. Urban Cowboy. Urban Cowboy. Oh, she knows. <laughs> I'm much too young to know that. <laughs> You could just say you're an old movie buff and get away with it, right? <laughs> okay. So anyway, like, but, that, but, that, but that's, that's the way it is. But that's what she's been doing. She's been looking for love in all the wrong places. She's been looking for love in the wrong face. And now she says, I will praise the Lord. And then she says, therefore, I shall call his name Judah. In other words, she says, now I will praise the Lord the one who really loves me. I'm done with this other thing. And guess what? Centuries later, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, will come through, as promised, the line of Jacob, through Leah, through Judah. When she finally realizes where you can find true love. Why? Because the girl who thinks she is worthless, the girl who thinks she is unloved, the girl who thinks that she is not pretty, was beautiful in the eyes of God. God saw her pain and her suffering. Leah shows us the God who saves. She realizes that there's no, there's no salvation in getting the idol of your life. Because even if you like the way you are today, you're not going to like it tomorrow. Right? You're just not going to. She was looking for love from her father. What'd he do? Let me give you some guy who can't stand you to marry. She was looking to love from her husband. Nope, not interested. I'll make babies with you, but that's as far as I'll go. But yet she received it from the Lord. Can you believe it? This woman is unloved, and God is going to bring his only one and only son through this unloved girl because he loved her. She was despised. She was rejected. That's the same thing we're told the Bible tells us about Jesus. He was despised and rejected. So look at the cross and see Jesus dying in your place for your sins. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, turn to him and put your trust in him. And you will receive the forgiveness of sins in eternal life. And maybe if you feel unloved today, you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I feel unloved, or I think there's something so very wrong with me. Look at that cross and see Jesus thought you were worthwhile enough for him to die for. 
Jesus died so a generation of people who feel ugly, who feel ashamed, who feel used, abused, uncomfortable in their own skin, can be made beautiful like Jesus and by Jesus. People do look for love in all the wrong places. If you want to see it, look to the cross of Jesus Christ. People do look for love in all the wrong faces. If you really want to see it, look at the face of Jesus Christ, arm stretched hands inviting you to come to him. That's the greatest love of all, even for messy people. I don't want anybody here to leave here without knowing, despite your messiness, how loved you are by God. How loved you are by God. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.